Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. We're going to look at uh, Luke 2.20, and Pastor Kenny's going to read the uh, Christmas story in a moment. But it says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And uh, this past Sunday, I preached on this passage. And then Tuesday, I helped officiate a funeral service. And then, of course, I'm planning or planned uh, this service. And then I have my uh, sermon for Sunday. So trying to keep everything together. It's been a mix and a wide range of emotions, but how many of us have heard the Christmas story? How many of us have attended candlelight services and we wonder, could it just be like we were told from our grandparents? Could it just be like we heard on Sunday or at summer camp that Jesus really loves us and he cares for us? Well, I want to declare as a shepherd's experience God's love, we too can say, I did not just hear, but I got to witness and experience everything that was said. It was even better than what was recorded. And so may we be like the shepherds that were terrified, but had God come to us and we can be bear witness to say we have heard and seen just as it has been told. Advent, it means the coming, the waiting, the arrival of Jesus, the second coming of Christ. Christ is the anointed, the chosen one. He's the one that brings salvation. He is the one that declares that we are his. Page uh, 635, if you have your Bible, Pastor Kenny, if you would just come and read the uh, Christmas story to us. That's Mark. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as a prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way. That is the good news that we celebrate. That is the good news we talk about. When we talk about the news as of late, it's not the good news. When somebody says, have you seen the news? Most likely we're thinking about COVID-19 or the different variants, or are you going to get a vaccination or a booster shot? Are you going to wear a mask or social distance or physically distance? Or the good news is not what's in the media. The good news is what Jesus tells us can happen. The good news is not isolating. The good news is not the fact that we are alone. I might be getting ahead of myself page two in the bible not page one page two close enough the lord said it is not good for the man adam to be alone and he would say to us according to the new testament to meet together to gather together it is not good to isolate and be alone it is good to be the church that encourages one another to be the church that helps and reaches out to those that are questioning those that are lost those that are floundering to say that we love you and we are for you. You can find a place and belong in this local church, whether you believe in Jesus or not, because the love of God, the love which covers a multitude of sins, is for you as it is for me and it is for those outside these walls. And we want to say it is not good for you to be alone. Come and be a part and know who Jesus is. Everybody or most everybody, wants to return to normal. What is normal? May I suggest that we need to return to familiar. 
and we had a good friend. Some of you remember Salzina Bravo, and uh, Salzina was from Peru, and in Peru, they speak Spanish, and familia means family. We need to return to family. Return to those that you care about, that you love, that you might disagree with. But for whatever reason, at Thanksgiving dinner, when they show up, you know you're going to have a good laugh. You might have to bite your tongue and say less, but you know that you're family and you are going to enjoy the fact that the same blood or adopted blood or the same likes go through your name as family and as the church, the family of God. We want to return to family. Not normal, not what people say, this is success or this is the American dream, but we want to return to family where God says that he is for us and we can be for one another. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, the never-present help in trouble. Who has experienced trouble this year? Who has experienced loss and death and mourning and who has received a diagnosis that kind of rocked their boat or shocked them or made you question, Jesus, how could you allow this to happen to me? God, this is not fair. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, because he says, because God says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is what God is telling us as we look to celebrate Christmas one more time together. He's saying, be still and know that I am God for your prodigal child. Maybe it's even yourself and you're deconstructing your faith and you're wondering, how could I follow this Jesus? What good has it done in me? I want to see lives change, but all I see is doubts in my own life. Be still and know that he is God and you are not. He will be exalted. He will be exalted. And that we can take to the bank. Be still and know that he says, I am God. Pastor Kenny. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. 
Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a great story. And as I shared on Sunday, this can be mistaken by some as just a nursery rhyme, a fairy tale, a myth, a legend, one of Aesop's fables. It's just something that you hear when you're a child, but when you grow up and you live life, you're like, oh, it would have been nice to believe that a Jesus came to be my savior, but eh, look at the predicament I found myself. Look at the sin that I've been tempted by. Look at the things that I've done in the world that we're in. Uh, I guess it was just something that my parents told me, but eh, I guess it's not very true. Well, it's much more than a legend. It's much more than a myth or a fairy tale. This is a truth that we can be reminded of. Jesus was greater than an infant that was in a manger. He was greater than a rabbi, a great teacher that many people looked up to and they wanted to follow. He was more than a martyr that was killed, crucified, brutally beaten, that he was buried. He was more than that. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is the one that can remove that shame and guilt so you can say, yes, I have messed up. Yes, I have sinned. Yes, according to the Bible and according to law. I am far from God and I do not deserve heaven, but Jesus loves me enough where I can say, forgive me of my sins and he will cleanse me and make me new as we find in Ephesians 2. God saved you by his grace when you believed. This is from the New Living Translation. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So no one so none of us can boast about it. It's not, hey, I put in a tithe. I gave the pastor an extra Christmas gift, which is welcome, but that won't get you into heaven. You can always say, like, I did my best. And Jesus is saying, I don't care about your best. I care about all of you. And you can say, here I am. Forgive me. Make me new. And Jesus will say, I love you. You are mine. Romans 10, 8 and 9. Salvation. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you say, I need more facts, I need more history, I need more uh, concrete evidence, you can get a lot of evidence, and you're going to have to do some research on your own. But there is an element of faith that if there is a God that can forgive you of your sins, if there is a God that can create, create this earth, this world, if there is a God that has a best planned for you, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth 
that he is Lord and you will be saved. We will be rescued together. You will not be alone. You don't have to live in isolation or quarantine, but you can know that we are part of the family of God. We are part of something that is indescribable, except it seems to make sense when people say it's the Holy Spirit. It is God with us. It is something that you can't touch or feel, but as you look and you see the effects of the wind, you don't see the wind. God is saying that we can experience this salvation, this being rescued together. You are not alone. This is meant to be shared. This baby that was born in a manger, this baby that had shepherds come, they were shocked, they were terrified in the middle of the night. Just some people pray to see angels. I used to. I thought, oh, that'd be really cool to see an angel. Except when you read in the Bible, whenever somebody saw an angel, they were terrified. They were frightened. It was not something you wanted to happen. But the angels came to the shepherds to reveal to them a truth. And Jesus was just more than a really smart boy, a wise kid that when he was 12 year old, 12 years old, he was found in the temple teaching the religious leaders. Jesus was more than an infant. He was more than just someone shepherds came to see. He was more than a boy that taught in the temple. He was more than a man that sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was more than that historical figure that was brutally beaten. Jesus was more than what history says about this man that died on a cross and Joseph of Arimathea bought a tomb and they put him in the tomb. This man, Jesus, that they've looked for in his body and his remains have never been found. This is Jesus. This is the hope that we have. This is the Savior that has come, that we might have abundant life, that we might know salvation much more than a baby, but a man that came in the flesh, completely man, completely God, that we might know the hope and the peace and the joy that he gives because God is love. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He's with us here. He's with us now. As you get into your car, he will be with you. As you go to bed tonight, he is with you. Whether you profess his name as Savior, whether you desire him to be there or not, God is there. He is with you. And for many of us, he's just longing and waiting for us to cry out and say, Jesus, forgive me. For others, he's longing and waiting for us to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, the one that I submit and surrender to, that I follow. Jesus, I choose you to listen and respond in obedience to your beautiful presence. Uh, pastor friend, pastors are quirky, but some things I think are cool. You might still think they're quirky, but I like this from Isaiah for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, forgiven. We can have God's forgiveness. We can live in his truth and in his goodness. 
At this time, Pastor Kenny, if you could shut off the backlight, if there are small children that are pyromaniacs like my father, just watch them because we're going to start lighting the candles. And so if you need a candle, we can pass out candles, but we're just going to uh, be led in this familiar song. I was reminded as Kellen comes up that... Uh, one pastor, he tried to do something out of the ordinary for Christmas Eve, so he did not do Silent Night and did not have candles lit. And there was almost a revolt, and he said, okay, so some things you need to have Christmas Eve. And so, Kellen, as you just come and sing, um, we are going to begin lighting the candles, and feel free to stand or sing along as Kellen leads. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace, silent night, holy night. Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Thank you, Kellen. And I'm actually going to invite, stay up here, Kellen. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Kenny and Clara if you would come up. I don't know if you noticed, but Clara, uh, Clara is about to be a uh, big sister. And uh, so we just want to pray a special blessing on Pastor Kenny and uh, Kellen as she is due the 9th of January, the 9th of January. And so in agreement, as you feel comfortable, just extend a hand or extend a flame uh, towards Pastor Kenny and Kellen. And we just want to pray uh, God's blessing on them. So, Jesus, we thank you so much for Pastor Kenny and Kellen and Clara and the baby. We thank you, Father, that you use an infant to save the world. And we pray for these children that they would allow you to use them to spread the good news of your gospel, of your hope. And Father, if there's anyone here tonight that does not know you as Savior, that needs to confess and repent, may they just say, Jesus, forgive me, and know that you love us enough to forgive us and to remove that shame and guilt to make us different, that we can boldly proclaim you and go after you. And Father, for this Christmas Eve, we thank you for what we get to celebrate. We thank you for your presence that is always with us. We love you, Father, and we thank you for this time together. 
And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Please put out your candles in a uh, mature manner and uh, have a great rest of the evening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.